Greetings, everybody. My guest today is Roy Worley, a professional voice actor and audiobook narrator with over 250 titles recorded. He has been full-time voice acting for the last 10 years, and some of his better-known clients include Firestone, Pizza Hut, Cheez-Its, Tiffany's & Company, and more. A huge shout-out to the dozens of fans who have left iTunes reviews. It's a gigantic help in getting this show to reach an even larger audience. And a big thank you to anyone who has shared this with friends or family. I immensely appreciate it. Now, let us immortalize our voices. Roy Worley, thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. Well, I'm glad to be had. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, well, for uh, anyone out there in the audience who might be thinking your voice is already sounding familiar, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself? Well, I've been a, a voice actor for about 10 years now, and that includes a whole wide array of different uh, things that require a voice. Everything from radio and TV commercials, which might uh, be the most obvious of all the bunch, down to what they call uh, explainer videos. If you walk through a big box store and you see on the end cap a video going and some voice is explaining the product or tool that you see, uh, that's also voiceover. Uh, telephony, uh, what we call... Um, on-hold messages or interactive voice recordings for small income, large companies alike, I do those. Audiobooks, I'm getting more and more audiobook work. I've recorded now 254 audiobooks, and uh, that number is growing. Could have done more had I started in earnest in audiobooks earlier on, but I've developed other aspects of my voiceover work first. And then uh, a lot of people, like it or not, are required to do computer-based training we call that e-learning, and I've voiced a number of those for companies like Tiffany and & Company and uh, Bausch and uh, different, different companies. A hospital client that I have, I've done a good deal of work for them in that area. A lot of internal voice, a lot of voiceover for internal videos to train people within big corporations and that kind of thing. So that, that gives you an idea. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a, uh, quite the broad work you've got yourself into. There are a lot of spokes in the voiceover wheel. <laughs> so how'd you get started in it? You know, when I was uh, oh, about 10 years ago, I found myself making a career change. I'm a, a pastor, preacher, been a missionary in South America, fluent in Spanish. And rather than depending upon any one church for my income, uh, I believe the Lord opened the door for me to do this to provide my living which actually is very freeing because then um, I can help smaller congregations who may not be able to um, support a, a full-time living wage, as it were. And so the very first thing that I, I got into because of a, a, another voice talent who was nearby, very successful voice talent, was in fact audiobooks. That was the first thing that I ventured into and started auditioning for audiobooks and 
found that um, I could I could do that. Uh, regret that I didn't have the training that I now have early on would have been more successful. And then began exploring uh, other ways to let people know that I was in the business. But before that, you have to have, uh, it, it, just in case anybody's thinking about going into voiceover, uh, just having a good voice, that, that's not even a, a requirement, really. Uh, you need to be able to read. You need to be able to act, do a little bit of acting. But more than anything else, you need to get coaching. You need to invest in coaching. Then you have to invest in a, in a good uh, space. I'm sitting in my studio right now not in the recording booth, but in my studio as a whole, it's in my basement. And uh, we jokingly say, those of us that have our studios in our basement, we work underground in a padded room and talk to ourselves all day. <laughs> and uh, Sometimes I, I get paid for that, which is really cool. Other times it's just for my own entertainment, but getting coaching is very important, important. And then a, a professional website and then professionally made demos. If you were to go to my website, which is very simply RoyWorley.com, you could hear demos of the different kinds of works that I, I have done and therefore are looking to get more of. And it's important in order to be taken seriously in the industry, you have to have professionally made demos. Yeah. And how does somebody get started in voice acting? There are a lot of places out there now, even within the last 10 years, there's a place on the East coast called uh, edge studios. I don't remember if they're in New York or one of the other States over there that offer some training and can get it online. If you Googled voice uh, acting training, you get a whole lot of different people. You gotta be careful. There are a lot of people out there that claim to be voice actors, but they, basically they're taking people's money. And it's the same with any industry. You have to be cautious and careful. One of the go-to places that I like is called the Global Voice Acting Academy, GVA. And it's totally online. It's out in LA. It was created by a couple of people, Christina Melicia and David Rosenthal. Christina Melicia is a very successful voice talent. She voices a lot of cartoon voices. Uh, most recent uh, commercial that I know that she did was a national commercial for Laughing Cow, Dairy Products. David Rosenthal is a voice actor in his own right. And so what they've done is they've put together an amalgamation of a lot of professionals who also not only are successful in their profession and their spoke of the voiceover wheel, but they offer coaching. And so you want to tap into coaches. A good coach will let, will teach you. Usually many people will start off with a commercial demo for doing obviously commercials. And so you want to get coaching for that. And sometimes a coach will say, yeah, I think you're ready. Let's go move forward with getting your demo produced. And so there are demo producers out there. There are a lot of good ones. There, there are some that are unsavory and not really good, but uh, you can't go wrong with Global Voice Acting Academy. Edge Studios, Chuck Duran, who is um, out in LA, he's going to be producing my new demos in November. There are others that uh, their names escape me, but some good qualified people. And then um, you start marketing yourself. You have to market the heck out of yourself. And if you were raised like I was, where your parents said, don't brag on yourself, don't draw attention to yourself, always think of others first, that's a challenge to say, okay, pay attention to me, to me, to me, to me, but that's just the way it works. You got to let people know that you offer the service and you market to video production companies, you market to uh, e-learning production companies, you reach out to corporations about doing their telephony, uh, different things like that. And it's just... Um, Anybody that's in sales will tell you, you know, it's kind of a sales funnel approach, right? You got to put a lot in, you got to stuff the pipe. Uh, 
big on the end for you know steady flow to come out at the other end and sometimes that can be years before you you may reach out to somebody in a production company that's happened to me and then months later they call you and say hey we've got a job we think fits your voice and we'd like to have you do it yeah and speaking of your voice you have a great voice thank you how much of your work do you just use your regular voice without having to to augment it or you know do any kind of uh yeah. change yeah well it used to be that uh, back in the old days that there were television announcers and they they you know had that typical uh, announcer voice and now that's anathema nobody wants an announcer voice everybody wants what what's called the conversational voice and i'm actually doing you know you have you have to get ongoing training so i am training with another coach she's out in uh, great connections in hollywood and she is a voice actor and a stage actor in her own right and so she has really taught me stuff in the last month in preparation for my new demo to no just talk learn how to talk like a normal person because that's what most people want anymore in their videos and in their commercials and even in the e-learning you know we want you to be conversational so it's like you're talking to a friend about something now there are some some occasions where for a television commercial you'll, you'll have to do more of the announcery thing uh, and they they will tell you that we want an announcer's voice for this but uh, that's a good question it's a very good question in fact people anymore uh, voice seekers uh, don't want the announcer sound so oh, interesting yeah and then you know say you get picked up for just something very basic in the the voice acting realm what could someone just beginning expect to spend time-wise on it and to get compensated? Well, that's a, that's a wide, wide spectrum there. You know, I would say if people are interested in what typical compensation for the various spokes in the wheel, for lack of a better word, that's what I call it, a, a voiceover. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, both Edge Studios and Global Voice Acting, GVAA, or Global Voice Acting Academy. I call it GVA as GVAA. Global, Global Voice Acting Academy uh, have what they call rate guides, rate sheets. And they have done thorough research by polling uh, successful voice talent nationwide about what you can expect to charge for different things. For instance, um, it, there's one rate for recording for a kiosk, like I mentioned in the big box stores, or even in a lobby or something. There, there are different rates for commercials and the rates within television commercials are different because of, you may have a local market that's a small market and you can expect to charge say $300 to, to do it. And if you do it on your own and many of the jobs that I do, I do on my own without direction. I record and I, you know, I've learned to do some light mastering of the, the audio so that they have a finished product they can plug right into their video. A regional market would be like, uh, I think it's two or more states or three states or, you know, that might command a different rate of say $600. If you get a national ad, it used to be a lot of those were union jobs. And so you get paid residuals and that's what everybody wants. But you know, that's, that's at the top of the pyramid where the point is where there are very few people compared to the thousands that are in voiceover that get that work. I actually have made more money 
narrating e-learning modules than I have in doing a regional commercial. Interesting. So I would, and, and the rates vary, you know, some people charge 15 cents a word. That's really, really low. It's not even the industry standard that's below standard. Some charge by the finished minute, meaning I send you a, a recording that's ready to be used. You don't have to do anything to it. And sometimes that's anywhere from $15 per minute up to $30 a minute, depending on the client. You have to know your client. If you're working for a Fortune 500 company, they may have budgeted quite a lot for their e-learning. If you're working for, I've done some government work. I speak Spanish, so I've done a little bit of Spanish work. I don't market myself for that because I sound like an American speaking Spanish to the Spanish <laughs> ear, to the Spanish speaking person. And I've done a few modules on fair housing uh, in a certain state. And they've come back to me a couple of times for that. Don't know why they don't choose me for the English, though. I need to ask the guy that. Huh. <laughs> right. At any rate, it, it's, um, and then telephony. You know, if, you, if you're doing a small business, I actually have a small business rate. And so I, I and added to that, I say 150 bucks to get them set up, but added to that, I do copywriting for them. A lot of people don't realize if you put somebody on hold for 30 seconds, that's a 30 second commercial. Yeah. And so I helped them write copy that'll inform the person on hold about other aspects of that business that they may not have known. So it's a long answer, but I could have talked more and more and more about that. But I think if they go to Edge Studios and Global Voice Acting Academy, Google it, they have a rate guide, a rate sheet. And that's really cool because a lot of things, you know, that are a little more freelance don't. And people don't. kind of, they start guessing at, at yeah. prices. You're shooting in the dark. Absolutely. Yeah. And I never thought about that because I've called, you know, my doctor's office and they've put me on hold before. And I've definitely heard. Yeah somebody's voice on the other end like we also have these new flu shots that are coming out this year and you oh, need to come in and get your your thing set up I'm and like, i have recorded some of those for hospitals on the west coast the east coast rather so nice yeah so do you have your favorite spoke of the wheel you know i i enjoy doing audiobooks because i like to read i like a good story i don't do a lot of fiction because uh, because of my faith i'm you know i'm deliberately limited on the kind of material that I read. It's not me being judgmental of anybody. It's just me being me, being true to what I believe. But I have done, I really enjoy cowboy Western novels. And part of that is because I was born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. I live outside of Chicago for the last almost 25 years now. Slipping into a cowboy character is like putting on your favorite pair of tennis shoes or house shoes or whatever. I just slide right into it. And so, you know, it's like, um, ain't no thing to just slide right into that cowboy accent, man. I mean, that's just who I am in private anyway. Oh, so, and I boy. enjoy it. That is a great, great accent as well. <laughs> it, it, that's how I talk to my wife. Is it? <laughs> yeah, when we when we uh, let our hair down. Oh, wow. By the way, you see me, they don't. But uh, <laughs> I don't have any hair left to lay it to, to let down. But the point of it is, is that we all have our normal way of speaking. We have our professional I'm not going to call it a mask, but our professional demeanor. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, but I do that. I've done about 15 cowboy audiobooks, And I've recently, just in the last few months, gotten on the roster of um, a division of recorded books, which is the biggest audiobook production company around, I think, in this country, if not the world. 
and they have several divisions. One is um, Tantor Media, and they also have Christian audiobooks. And I just finished my first audiobook with them and hoping to have more. And it was interesting how I got into that through some coaching I received from a very successful voice actor in the, uh, particularly in the um, audiobook world, is a guy named Sean Pratt. He'd be a good guy to have on your show as well. Sean um, has done 12 to 1300 audiobooks. Wow. He's a machine. Many of them uh, in these days are nonfiction. And I got nonfiction coaching from him because even in nonfiction, the broad umbrella topic, there are different spokes. Believe it or not, there are audiobooks of cookbooks. I had to learn how to do that. There are audiobooks that are more business and audiobooks that are different ones. Uh, different different spokes but i like in audiobooks i really like in the fiction realm uh, cowboy but one of the things that i've been working toward over the past 10 years is getting to the point where i could uh, do what they call promo work and you if you watch television at all you hear promos or promotionals for television shows you know like coming this friday on cbs you know that kind of stuff and then they name the show and they don't even talk like that anymore. That was just me being diving into that old announcer style. And, and I, the same lady that's giving me the coaching for a new commercial demo just coached me in a new promo demo, which I said both of those new ones will be um, recorded in November, mid-November. And then I have to start marketing myself to potential agents and, and managers. I do have a couple of talent agents, but my talent agent in Chicago is Chicago's considered a commercial town in voiceover. But I want to get into promo. And so I'm training for it. I've been encouraged by peers, by coaches. Uh, it's a tough, a tough area to crack into. But I'm working hard. We'll see what, uh, what God allows. Well, and good luck. I, yeah, I hope you. for the best. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, just thinking about some of these huge numbers of books, especially yeah. like you were saying with Mr. Pratt. Yeah. And now into the, the four digits worth of books. How long does it take to record an audiobook? About for one finished hour of audio, which means you've it's been proofed, it's been corrected, it's quality control and mastering anywhere from two to three hours for one finished hour. And like the book I just finished was nine hours and 37 minutes. And different companies have different rates they will pay. You know, I have a set rate. If somebody were to ask me, I would quote my rate. But uh, with Tantor and uh, the last book that I did, they quoted me a certain rate. It was less than my standard rate. But they also kick in 13% toward the union, which is SAG-AFTRA, which means when I join the union, I'll have some retirement money already built up. And so that's one of the positives and one of the benefits of, of being with that union. And I, I'm moving toward that, and uh, we'll see just when that happens. Nice. And uh, you try and get as much as you can in one day as far as recording material, or do you, you try and you know keep a healthy spacing? You, you know, know that's, a, that's a great question. Uh, when doing what we call long-form narration, which includes audiobooks and e-learning, if it's a long module, you want to take a break every 15 to 20 minutes. You hydrate. I keep my, my handy-dandy water bottle and at the end of each page you take a sip of water you know i i can record about three hours a day taking those breaks and then the voice just gets tired 
yeah. guys that have more stamina can do more. You know, I get up, I'll walk out in my backyard and walk around when the weather's nice. So, uh, I go to the gym and do a light workout and things like that. You got to take care of your physical body in order for your voice to be any good, right? You get into a rhythm, you look at how many pages you have to record and you look at your deadline and you say, in order to reach that deadline, I need to ideally record X number of pages per day. And sometimes that works out to two to four hours, depending on the content. If it's more technical and you have to look up the pronunciations of words. I did one book called Disunited Nations, written by Peter Zion. And he's a very well-known author. He's a geopolitical economist, uh, writes about the geopolitical economy of the world and how the nations interact and makes his own predictions and things like that. I had to look up a lot of names of cities and countries. And then in that regard, I don't try to pronounce them as if I were trying to pronounce them like a native because I just can't do it. And so you give it the best American <laughs> accent, hoping people will understand, knowing full well that the native speakers of those countries are cringing when you say it. But that's okay. That's part of the work. So, yeah, it takes a bit of time to do. It's, it is the longest investment of time in the voiceover world is doing audiobooks. It's not for everybody. Yeah, I can only imagine how tired your voice would be because, uh, as you can probably already tell, I lean fairly heavy on my guest to do a lot of the talking. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it, you wouldn't believe it, but there there is a, a total physical tiredness after narrating. Uh, you can't see it behind me because I have a screen blocker, but I have a sofa behind me here in the studio, and when a nap attack comes on i just yield and take a 10 to 15 minute nap you know in order to keep going especially if i'm on a tight headline if you push yourself to the point of tiredness then it shows up in your work and you sound tired so these are reasons you know you don't try to do eight hours a day i'm not even sure i could ever do eight hours a day of that kind of long form recording yeah so obviously uh you know some of the e-learning modules and things like that have become much more needed and much more popular in the yes. current uh, climate that we have found ourselves in. Mm -hmm. Does that go for a lot of the rest of it? I mean, have uh, audiobooks picked up in you know the amount that are recording just because people are a little more at home or a little more you know, time to themselves? You know, I, I don't know the answer to that. I My guess would be, yes, it probably has, especially when things were really locked down last year uh, when COVID was uh, first uh, detected and uh, there were the lockdowns and so on and nobody could go anywhere and yes um one of my clients is a hospital and they contacted me and said you've done computer-based training or e-learning for us in the past we can't have our in-person orientation for new employees and we've got a 276 slide powerpoint presentation we're going to be converting into training can you help us and i said well yeah when do you need it they said yesterday I said, well, okay. And so last year I did, I think I did four modules, huge modules for them. And I've done one this year for them. But regarding audiobooks, it would, it would stand to reason. And I'm not sure how I could, you know, you could find that out. Probably just Mr. Google, right? Just, you know, sales of audiobooks. It would seem to me that gone up. A buddy of mine that interviewed me for his podcast, he's a voice actor and he has a podcast for Voice Acting World. And he has uh, people that are professionals on. And so he recorded back in August and it just went live this week. And he, he told me off mic 
that there are more books to be narrated than there are narrators. And so again, if somebody says, well, you know, hey, I read my kid bedtime stories, it can't be that hard. You don't want to think that. If you want to get into it, I encourage you. But do your research, do your, your homework, talk to coaches. You know, again, there are some places I come back to Edge Studios. They, they help people break into that business of voiceover in general. Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously you have your own studio, like you I said, do. the, uh, the padded room in the basement. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you have a preferred equipment that you use as far as a microphone or a, some yeah. kind of a setup? Yeah. Yes, I do. And this, those preferences came from talking to people that know about the technology. I use one microphone. It's a Rode NT1 for audiobook. It's a you know, large diaphragm condenser mic, which we use in the voiceover world. And the microphone is usually about six inches from your mouth. And it's usually right above nose level tilted down to your mouth to hopefully avoid plosives or P-pops and you know, hard breaths and things like that. It, um, because I, am, I have a baritone, it gives me a little brightness in the reed. And it's more forgiving because it is a large diaphragm, okay, inside of the casing of the microphone. I recently purchased a microphone because I'm getting into, hopefully, into promo work. And it's what's called a shotgun mic. It's a, it's a long, slender tube, about um, 12 to 15 inches long. And a lot, you'll see them on top of uh, cameras for news crews and things with a wind guard on it. It's just a super powerful, very sensitive mic, and the quality is fantastic. And that's that's a must for promo work. And so I, I have that. And then a lot of people who travel will take a travel kit with them. And that includes a laptop computer, then their uh, audio interface. Mine is, I purchased, is, a, is considered a high-end. It's it's so high end. I don't even know all that it can do. It's kind of like um, driving, a, you know, a prototype car that's not going to be produced for five years in the future. And all you know how to do is put it in drive and, and push the, the pedal, <laughs> whether it's electric or gas. But it does, it makes a difference in the quality of the sound. And so I spent a little money on that. Uh, I built my own booth. I'm kind of handy. So I built my own booth. And a lot of people can't do that. Uh, but I found um, a plan online. And a guy did a great job. He was on video saying, okay, here's what you do and how you do it. And oh, by the way, here's a, a parts list or a materials list from Home Depot with all the SKU numbers on it. Just go over there and pick up everything you need, which I did. And um, you can go on my Facebook page, Roy Worley Voiceovers, and see a picture of it, I think. Very cool. Some of that is, uh, you know, for the audience, if anybody's out there listening that wants to get into it, part of that is for me because uh, okay. I have a mic when I wanted to get into podcasting. I just said, if I buy the stuff, I'll just start doing it. Yeah. And, yeah. And so I, you know, I bought the equipment. It really isn't, uh, wasn't all that expensive, but as I get more and more into it, I'm like, you know what? I need to invest some more money in this. I just find the microphone I have, I don't quite like for a lot of different reasons. Can I ask what you're using? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a blue Yeti. Blue Yeti. Yeah, blue yeah. Yeti. Yeah. Actually, that's kind of a standard, I think, in podcasting. So you, you can't go wrong with that. You actually have a good sound. I'm listening to you through my um, studio monitors and you sound pretty good. Oh, good. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if it's maybe just me picking myself apart, but when I do some audio editing, I'm like, oh man, this just sounds a little rough. You know what? Welcome to the human race. None of us likes the way that our voice sounds. And uh, there's some science behind that, explanations behind that. But yeah, I think you sound pretty good, actually. So I wouldn't sweat that too much, man. Don't go out and break your bank account. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those that I figured, you know, uh, over time, I'll, yeah. you know, I'll, get, I'll get a boom arm or something. And that's sure. supposed to help with some of the, the vibration. It does. And, uh, you know, I just, I'll slowly replace things. But that's what I did. I started out with um, a microphone that I bought online. I paid $300, which was a lot of money. When I first started out, built my own space. Actually, um, I took over a closet, a, a big storage room, actually. It could be you know, a small bedroom, very small, maybe 10 by 10, I think. Built a booth in the corner and then had a desk outside the booth. And it, it was just two by four stuffed with heavy insulation and, and lined with, um, covered on the inside with burlap. And it really, uh, I got, I got a lot of compliments from customers that your space sounds really good. And that's very important for people. And also for you, I see, you know, because we're uh, zooming here, you've got a, a blanket behind you, which may be more for background, but Mostly. packing, packing blankets, packing blankets hung over PVC pipe. You can find plans on how to build that, uh, to dampen sound. You know, my booth is, um, wooden and it's got all the Arlex foam on the inside, but it's not soundproof. It's sound dampening. It's sound controlling, which is what you're looking for. I'm told. Gotcha. Yeah. I've kind of thrown up some rough foam on the other side of the camera from me, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. um, you know, I'm still sitting at a desk in a, in a room with a curtain that hides my, my messy background. Yeah, sure. All of us do that. <laughs> I just put the grass up on uh, zoom gives you options. And I, I did that way, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, you're off and running, man, and kudos to you. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm giving it my best shot. You, I think you're going to do well. Thank you. So jumping back to you, you've been narrating a lot of audiobooks. Like you said, you found kind of, uh, your, your genre. It sounds like you enjoy. Do you have an author that is like your, your kind of dream to work for? You know, I, when I was narrating, starting out narrating cowboy books, I auditioned for a four book set of uh, Zane Gray novels. Now, Zane Gray is considered the hero, the quintessential uh, writer of Western novels. He was uh, writing in the early 1900s, and a lot of the early Hollywood Westerns were based on his novels. That's how big he is. So I like his writing. He's extremely verbose. Uh, he's very descriptive, but his character development is just amazing. And the interactions and plot and all of that. So I enjoy, I mean, each of those books were 10 hours long and they can, they can be bought through audible.com. Just look up my name, Roy Worley as an narrator, and uh, that'll be one of the books that'll pop up where you can just, you know, look for uh, Zane Gray. A lot of other narrators have done his books as well. Scott Harris in that same genre is a, a newer writer and I narrated a series of his called Kaz the Vigilante Hunter and those books are about three and a half hours long each and Kaz they don't build on each other because he rides around in the west taking out bad guys and there's a little humor in it there's always a good plot 
And uh, so Scott Harris is a good, a good author. One of my favorite ones to read because I am a Southerner was set in Arkansas in the Civil War. And Arkansas is next door to Tennessee, Memphis, Tennessee, where I'm from. And the author did a great job. It's called Soldiers in the Mist. And I don't, I've never read anything else by her, but her plot development and character development was just fantastic. And I enjoyed that one. That one, I just totally lost myself, uh, lost track of time and everything as I was narrating. I'm getting offers more and more into books that are bestsellers. Peter Zion in nonfiction, he was really fun to read. I enjoyed his, it's very informational, very interesting. And one of my uh, producers reached out recently and said, hey, Apple has got something coming out. Are you available? And I said, yeah. And so I'm waiting to hear if I get that or not. They'll definitely be auditioning a number of people. Sometimes you just get cast for a book, one that just recently came out for those that are history buffs of World War II. I narrated Operation Tidal Wave, uh, which um, was the story of the first American-led air bombing raid over Europe in World War II, where 176 U.S. bombers bombed a city called Ploesti, where there were five U.S.-made refineries they were trying to take out the fuel supply for the Nazis. And it's a very, very interesting story told from the point of view of one of the guys that was a pilot for one of those planes. And the author did a fantastic job. And I co-narrated that with another fellow who read the call outs and uh, different portions of the book, has a younger sounding voice. And it's, uh, it's a good book. It's a good book to hear, good book to read. Yeah. And I think, you know, having the right person definitely tends to make the audiobook. I know at least for me, um, I think my favorite I've ever heard is, I want to say it's probably the original uh, narration behind Orson Scott Card's first book, Ender's Game. Oh. And I don't know who does it, but um, something about his voice makes you forget that you're listening to him tell a story from the perspective of a six-year-old. You know, I, I, was that a movie? I think we saw that. Isn't Ender's Game a movie as well? Yeah, they did make a movie a couple of years back too. They did. Yeah, I enjoyed that. That was very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, if a lot, sometimes they will hire a professional actor, uh, maybe even a well-known actor, to do certain books. Um, those especially that were on, you know, the New York Times bestseller list and things like that that are very, very popular in written form. And the, the industry is growing because people enjoy, whether, whether you realize it or not, uh, research shows that your brain is more engaged in an audio only production as opposed to a video plus audio production. But when people are, and they'll hook people up to the, you know, the, yeah. the whatever you call those things, they snap to your head and uh, read your brain and which is kind of scary. And they've uh, done that for people that were listening to audio books and man, it's like fireworks are going off. And then they'll show the same clip with video and audio and the fireworks are diminished. But if you ask the person, which do you think you enjoyed more? They'll say the video. And yet the brain is saying something totally different. Yeah. And so when you have a great narrator who actually is a storyteller and not just a reader, then you, you do forget. Uh, my wife and I are listening to an audiobook. It's a John Grisham book called um, Sycamore Grove or something like that. And the, the narrator is absolutely fantastic. I wish I could remember his name. I don't do good with names anymore, but uh, he does a fantastic job 
when he starts off just narrating general story, you know, all of John Grisham's books are set in the South and we're Southerners and we're going, oh, wow, he's not, he's not using a Southern accent. But when he reads for the characters, he's flawless. He is a nut, he's got to be from the South because to my ear, I can tell when somebody is pretending to have a Southern accent and when somebody's genuine and real. And so this guy has to be Southern and he does a fantastic job, not only with male voices, but with female voices, which for a male narrator, you know, you can't go out there and talk like Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, well, hello, you know, it's just fake. (laughs) You've got to, in fact, Scott Brick, who's one of the most uh, well-known narrators, he actually goes deeper uh, intentionally for female voices, which is intriguing. I've listened to several of his works. Interesting. No, I was, um, I was just talking to a guy. I really enjoyed having him on the podcast too. His name is Shane Salk mm-hmm. and he produces uh, audio dramas. Oh, cool. And so he said, one of the things that he really has enjoyed hearing from the audience is when they describe a scene, mm-hmm. they're like, oh yeah, this moment where it's just these two and they're talking and they're going over this plan that they have and they're down by the river and they're you know, like it's nighttime. And he's like, I didn't write any of that. We just, you know, we said the lines, we, you know, delivered the lines and whatever came into your head is something that you put there. Now I would love to be a part of something like that. I had the privilege a few years back. There was um, a Christian organization that does kind of a radio show for children. And, you know, it has Bible lessons and things, moral lessons in it. and, And all of the cast are lizards. (laughs) but you don't see them because it's not video right sure and so the way they record this is they invite the actors to come into the studio and i don't have an acting background but i gotta tell you the synergy is so totally different when you're in the room seeing each other you're sitting around in in a half circle so you can all see the director in the sound booth the engineering room and it's it's fantastic it's so much fun because you respond to whatever the other actors said and how they said it. And it makes it so much more real. So yeah, audio dramas, that's cool. Yeah, it's, it was really good. When I had first gotten into podcasting, like just listening, I had just stumbled into his first show that he yeah, had ever cool. done. And so it was so weird to be now doing my own podcast. And one of the first guests that I found, you know, out there, I was like, you know what? I have got to invite him because this would be such a weird turn. Oh, absolutely. So it was, it was a lot of fun. And it's, you know, one of those, I just picked up and started listening to his new stuff. And I do, I find myself, you know, imagining the, the scenario and all the, the dramatics going on, even that it talked to him. And I know that it's happening in a recording booth. And that's crazy, man. It's good. It's really good. Yeah. Anyway, I appreciate your time and I don't want to keep you too long. I don't know how long I have you for. Uh, I got 20 more minutes. All righty. So, I mean, it sounds like you've found a lot of, a lot of authors that you enjoy working for. If you got to pick your next project, what would it be? Well, for audiobooks, uh, that's hard to say. I, I consider myself still relatively new in the audiobook world, even though I've, you know, I've done a, a lot of those books I did were children's books for a company called Book Buddies out on the West Coast. I think they're based out of Oregon. And it was kind of a, a reading help program for children that struggle with reading so they could check out a book and while they're reading it they're listening to somebody like me reading it aloud so they're following the words helps you know with that 
Um, who would I like to do? Wow. Um, man, I'm going to have to get back to you on that. I, you know, it's just, it's such a broad and wide world out there. Yeah. Well, and there's, there's always so many projects up in the air and so many things going on. That's exactly right. So I always try and ask uh, all of my guests this just because I think it's an, it's interesting. I haven't gotten uh, any bad answer yet or any answer in the negative, I should say, but uh, have you enjoyed your career in voice acting? I have. Now there have been, there have been a lot of ups and downs, you know, when you're self-employed, the, the challenge for voice actors is most of us are creatives, you know, by nature. So that makes the business aspect of the business, because it is a business, uh, a bit more challenging, very more, much more challenging, particularly in the area of marketing. That is the biggest struggle that I hear other voice actors uh, admit to. I enjoy it. There are certain aspects that I don't enjoy as much. I've done a number of the, about a half a dozen audiobooks that are exam prep books. And so it's, they're, they're laden with a lot of facts. And so I kind of, you know, I kind of complained to my coach, Sean Pratt, and he had admonished me. He said, look, that book may be dull to you, but it's important to the person who's trying to get their trucking truck driver's license to make a living. Changed my whole perspective. I started thinking, I got to start talking to individuals, which you're taught to do anyway, even on these books. Because people are listening. I did one on the national real estate exam. I did uh, one on how to be a professional trainer. Uh, the last one I did was on some kind of laws. I don't even remember what it was. But you try to make it as engaging as possible. That's my job is to keep people engaged. And you start thinking, well, the person that's listening to this is doing it because they're trying to make a living with this. And so it's, it's much more important and kind of redefines why I'm doing it. But it, it, of all the things I do, that's the least enjoyable. But I did a goofy commercial years ago for a Black Friday commercial for Sears when they were still alive and got to do the over-the-top announcer voice, goofy type thing. Went into a studio in Chicago with a, another younger actor who played another role. And we had a lot of fun, a lot of synergy, you know, feeding off of each other. That was a lot of fun. Anytime you can be with other people and, and do voice acting, it's a lot of fun. It's um, if you're not willing to work by yourself in a small room in a small box, you might want to reconsider going into voiceover. But I made the adjustment. And it's like when you get into the booth and you're telling a story, you lose you lose yourself into the story in a positive way. And that's, I'm sure, an incredible experience. But it also sounds like, you know, if someone is looking to get into voice acting, you know, you do need to be someone who has drive for themselves because yes. you, you have to market yourself a lot and you've got to, yeah. you know, keep your own track of time and, and stay now, to your deadlines. Right. Now that said, there are some great people on Facebook, online, in the voiceover community. There's a lot of pay it forward in the voiceover community, people who have been in the business for a while, helping other people to get, uh, you know, a leg up. I'm oh, just getting into the business. You know, you got to have a, you got to be a self-starter like you just mentioned, but also you've got to, you know, start saving back some money so that you can get your space and your equipment to the place where you need to be. But more importantly, the most important thing before you spend a dime on anything else is get coaching, professional coaching. After that, 
you know, if your coach is in the business, they'll help you find somebody to develop a fresh professional website and do your demos and things like that. And how do you, I, I don't know why this just popped into my head, but um, how do you do a demo reel if you've never, you know, had any other work? Well, uh, that's a very good question. Now your coach or your demo producer and in my next demos, my coach and my demo producer are good friends out in LA. And so they, they know each other and they work together. In fact, my coach recommended this person, this person, Chuck Duran is well-known in the business in the industry. And because of that, then, you know, he will know my strengths. Recently had a two hour session, Zoom session with him, just deciding what we're going to record. And then he writes the copy, okay? So a lot of times demo producers will take old copy of some commercial that's been seen on television if you're just getting started out and you read it you perform it is a better way to put it you act it out under the guidance of your coach under the guidance of your demo producer and they will make the final cut they'll put it to video sometimes that's another aspect but most of the time it's just audio and they will put the appropriate background music or any uh, sound effects that may go with that like if it's outside on a city street they may put that in the background that kind of thing so you don't have to come up with your own copy. If you're working with a professional coach and a professional demo producer, they will provide those things. Now, in the case of, of, of my man, Chuck, he's customizing the, uh, the scripts for me. And uh, so that's going to be recorded on November 12th. I'll get back to you when they're live, live by December 1st. We'll see. Yeah. Let, let me know. I'd love to, you know, throw some stuff out there so that people can you know, follow up on the story because yeah, thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I have immensely appreciated your time. Where could people find more about you if they, uh, if they'd yeah. like to look you up? Yeah, it's real easy. RoyWorley.com. That's R O Y W O R L E Y.com. RoyWorley.com. And you can hear my current commercial demo, my current e-learning demo. You, there's also a page for audiobooks. In fact, the landing page is more about audiobooks at this point than it is about commercial or even promo. I have a current promo demo up, which is way old. That's why I'm getting a new one. And there's uh, some sample videos of work I've done. I've had work uh, clients in Germany and Spain and France, India, different places. The world is small with the internet. It sure is. My my last hard question. This is the this is the real mic drop question. If people have some, uh, you know, audible credits burning a hole in their pocket, what book that uh, you've narrated should they pick up? You know, it, it depends on what they want. If they want a cowboy novel, they should read, uh, check out all the books by Scott Harris. If they really want the classic ones, uh, again, for cowboy books, Zane Gray, they saw, they're sold as a package deal. So you get more bang for your credit. There you go. There are four books. And um, you, you will have 40 hours of listening pleasure right there. If you're looking at uh, geopolitical stuff, Peter Zion's book, uh, Disunited Nations, there are, oh shoot, they're just, if you just go to Audible and uh, put my name in, in a search, everything I've narrated will pop up. Nice. Except yeah. for those books, those kids' books I did for book buddies, they're not on Audible. Right. So, yeah, I think I might go burn a credit myself on the uh, the World War II. Yeah, baby. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like an exciting story for me. Uh, 
just yeah. in just in the content, much less you know now I know you and I want to hear you tell the story. Well, here's what's really helpful is if people will take the time to write a review and list it on Amazon and or Audible, that really helps. It helps the author and it helps the narrator. Well, there you go. Everybody even if that's... they don't like it, even if they don't like it, that helps. <laughs> if you've got all positives and no negatives, it's not realistic. Sure. All well, right, there you man. go. Yeah, I've appreciated this immensely. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me on. It's a real honor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we'll touch base again later as uh, things come keep out. Me, keep me posted of how things are going for you. Yeah, absolutely. All righty. Yep. Have a good, uh, good rest of your day. You do the same. Take care. Thanks again for listening, everybody. If you haven't already, please go to whatever you're listening in on and hit the follow button or the subscribe button. It helps us gain popularity and hopefully be listened to by more people. If you haven't already, recommend this show to your friends or your family or your enemies or your boss or your neighbor or spray paint it on the side of a building. I don't know, something that won't get you in trouble, though, hopefully. If you have any requests or questions or just want to chat, reach out to me. Just Dumb Enough Podcast on Facebook and everywhere, I guess. Or Dumb Enough Podcast at gmail.com. I promise those other episodes that people have asked for are coming soon, and hopefully, as a little treat for people who are listening live, there will be a second episode this week if I can uh, find the free time to manage, which I should have. And then after that, I'm hoping to do two a week for a couple weeks while I'm actually on vacation. Which reminds me, if you are in the Tampa, Venice, or Miami areas of Florida, reach out to me and maybe we'll meet up in person. That'd be real awesome. I know we got a couple listeners in Florida. All right, until the next one, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>